Finding Your Element by Sir Ken Robinson. One sentence summary. Finding your element shows you how to find your talents and passions, embrace them, and come up with your own definition of happiness, so you can combine what you love with what you're good at to live a long, happy life. My favorite quote from the author is, These days, anyone whose real strengths lie outside the restricted field of academic work can find being at school a dispiriting experience and emerge from it wondering if they have any significant aptitudes at all. Sir Ken Robinson The author of this book, Sir Ken Robinson, likes to talk about three things. Creativity, uncertainty, and the immense capabilities of children. Taken together, they make up much of what he stands for, that we're living through a revolution in education, and that it's time to change it. He is the presenter of the most famous TED Talk of all time, and one of few strong critics of our school system, saying in its current form it's meant to make us obedient, not educated. In this book, which acts as a sort of follow-up workbook to go with his bestseller, The Element, Ken shows us what to do right now, since we can't change our education system from one day to the next. It lines out how you can find out what you're good at and what you like, and how to combine these two things into something that makes you happy, regardless of what society tells you or what you've been trained to do in school and college. These are my favorite three things to take away. 1. Take a second to appreciate your own absolutely unique life. 2. Everything is unknown, so it makes no sense to be afraid of it. 3. Find your hidden talents by looking at what your teachers told you you were bad at. Let's take a few minutes to forget the rest of the world and just think about ourselves and what we really want, okay? Finding your element lesson one. Stop for a second to appreciate your own unique experience called life. This answers the question, how can we start to even think about our passions and what we want and what's the sort of first step we need to take there? Has someone ever told you you really are one of a kind to express they think you're special? It's a really nice thing to happen, isn't it? But have you ever stopped to consider how profoundly right they were when they paid you that compliment? Because they literally were. I'd like you to stop for a second and really think about this. No human person in the history of the world has had the same biology and psychology as you do. Throughout human evolution, Genes have been combined, changed, tweaked, and permuted countless billions, trillions of times even. Yet you are the first and only instance of your exact combination of genes. No one will ever have the same genetic code ever again, even if you have an identical twin. Of course this includes your brain, which is responsible for the second absolutely unique thing about you, your experience. You are born at a certain place, which will never be the same it was that day, at a certain time, which will never come again, into a certain set of circumstances, which will never be the same again. Nobody can ever have the same experiences with the same people in the same moment as you do. No do-overs. Your life can and never will be recreated as you've lived it, so far and until you die. One time. Take a second to appreciate this. It really is one of a kind. Just like you. Finding your element lesson two. Don't be afraid of the unknown because everything is. This answers the question, what's a good way to reframe our fears of chasing our passions? 
Logically following this uniqueness, you'd have to think that no human life plays out in the same way, which should hold out true for our work too, right? How come then that millions of people end up doing the same thing and making the same career choices? This is where one of the most basic yet strongest human fears kicks in. The fear of the unknown. Our brains scream for certainty and reassurance, and society is happy to offer both of those to us. Follow the plan, it whispers. You know, the well-established path, the one where you know how it plays out. Usually that's finishing high school at 17 or 18, entering college, graduating, getting a professional job as a lawyer, doctor, teacher or manager, then settling down, getting married and starting a family. But since we're living through the biggest shift in education and work since the Industrial Revolution, the pressure to follow this plan makes us even more uncomfortable. How can we expect humans who've just become adults to commit to a plan for the rest of their life in such an uncertain world? It's insane. If you think about it, you never have even the faintest idea of what's going to happen the next time you set foot outside your house. Yet you somehow try to plan the next 40, 50, 60 years of your life. Ken suggests that, instead of fretting about the unknown, we should learn to see the potential upside in it. An infinite number of good things can happen, which might reveal opportunities you never could have dreamed of. Ken didn't start writing and speaking until he was well into his 40s. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Everything is. And that's a good thing. Finding your element, lesson 3. Think about what school told you you were bad at again. Are you really? This answers the question, what kinds of questions should you ask yourself to find what you're good at? Did you ever get the feedback from your school teachers that you were bad at something, that you should stop trying, or that something you were good at wasn't that valuable? Institutional education is discouraging us in a lot more ways than it encourages us, because in school only one kind of intelligence is valued, logical reasoning or IQ. Math and science are at the top of the subject food chain, followed by languages and humanities like geography, history, politics and so on, with the arts like dance, music, poetry at the very, very bottom. But not only does school not drive us towards creative pursuits, it actually drives us away from them, because in the school system mistakes are punished, whereas in reality the only way to do something creative is to do something that might be a mistake. Think back to school, first grade, third grade, fifth grade, what did teachers make you believe you're bad at? Do you still believe that today? Why? Was it something you liked? Ask more of these questions and you just might find one of your hidden talents or passions. Several ideas popped into my mind while I was reading this. I also had another subject, quote-unquote, I wanted to talk about uh, beforehand. So let me just get going. The first thing is that about the, the uniqueness of your human experience, there is a cool analogy here, and that is the analogy of a rainbow. So in one of the lessons for Time to Read, which is a free email course about reading I did, timetoread.co, um, there is a lesson about um, about uh, rainbows, right? Um, it's about rainbows. Basically, it says everything is in life is unique to you, and I use rainbows to explain it. So to do that, I looked into the science of rainbows, and the cool thing is that if you and your body, you stand next to each other, like literally if you were to even, I don't know, or, or you and your girlfriend or boyfriend, you were to hug and like closely link together, right? And you stood in the exact same spot, like as tightly as you could. Still, 
neither of you would see the same version of a rainbow across the horizon. That's because rainbows are made of, of sprinkles of water, right? It's light reflecting in water. If the water drops from the rain, they break the sunlight, then that creates the, the color spectrum of the rainbow. The thing is, the angle the light hits each drop um, is different depending on where you stand on Earth. And since you can't literally stand in the same spot, right? Because even if, let's say, your friend was standing on your head, they were above you and not uh, on the same height level, you can never be in the exact same spot as someone else. No two people can ever see the same exact same rainbow. They're always going to see a different version of the same rainbow. So that's kind of cool, right? And it kind of explains the same. And the same thing is going on with your life. Like nothing will ever exactly be the same, not even for a single second in another human's life. That's kind of cool. The second idea is one Sir Ken Robinson mentions in his TED talk. It's about the unpredictability of life. He said that at the TED conference, he said, imagine like we're in a room where some of the smartest people in the world are sitting. And even if we took all of our brain power together, we could not even predict what happens in the next five years. Yet here we are trying to get young people to make decisions about the next 60 years of their life. Like how could anyone, when they get out of school, predict what's going to happen by the time they're 60? It's impossible, right? We don't know what's going to happen in five years. We're not, we don't even know what's going to happen in five days. Like, we have no clue. So this whole... Um, and the cool thing is that humans have a tendency that when there's so much uncertainty that they can't possibly uh, ignore it or reduce it to zero, then humans don't care and they don't care about the weight. There's a cool experiment. I think Dan Ariely did it um, where he said, or Richard might have done that anyways the idea was that you could get a slice of apple in a year or two slices of apple in a year and a day and because it was so far away it was very easy for people to say i want the two slices right i don't care if i have to wait one day longer but if it was about tomorrow or the day after tomorrow everyone picked the one slice tomorrow instead of the two slices the day after so because there was so much uncertainty added with the year-long wait people actually didn't care and they made the better decision so you can kind of think the same way, right? Because you don't know anything that's going to happen, uh, neither for the next year or five years, you might as well make the decision that makes you better off in five years rather than just one year. Because, you know, there's so much uncertainty anyway, why not go for the best choice possible? That's another thing I wanted to share. Um, and lastly, thinking about what school told you you were bad at. So first of all, there is a tendency, for example, in schools for teachers to to tell girls that they're uh, bad at math. And this is a real problem. This has been investigated that girls are just believed to be worse at math. And so what the teachers will tell the girls is that, yeah, you're bad at math, but that's OK because you're a girl, right? You're a girl, so you're bad at math. It's normal. And so the girls, what happens is that they think they're actually bad at math because they're a girl. They, they think that they blame it on their gender. And that's a real problem, right? Because it's ridiculous. And the other problem is that this doesn't happen for boys, right? Because when boys are bad in school or math or any subject, really, what the teacher just says is you, should, you need to pay more attention. You need to be more, you need to be more attentive. You need to stop fidgeting around, stop playing around, stop making jokes. 
Um, so boys are often blamed in school for their behavior and girls are often blamed for their gender because it's just like, yeah, it's science, you know, it's chemistry, biology, physics, math. You're a girl, you don't understand that. And that's a huge problem, right? Because, and that's part of, that's a big part of the reason why so few scientists and, and um, even like managers, top manager spaces and so on are not uh, filled with women because there are not many women doing it because they've been talked out of it literally in school. In the same way, by the way, creativity is is drained out of all of us. It's literally that we start creative as kids and we have the creativity trained out of us rather than uh, ex, ex, rather than encouraged because we're always told to follow the plan, color inside the lines, don't break the rules. And by the time you get out of school, you're just waiting for a new set of rules to comply to. So there's no... So sadly, school sort of saps our creativity instead of encouraging it. Okay, uh, I'm going to keep the other thing I wanted to do for another summary, which is where I'll tell you about a few cool stories about people who found and chose their passion. Uh, there are many more books about passion on 4-Minute Books, so I'm going to do that uh, at some other point. I hope you enjoyed this one. In the meantime, Finding Your Element, Sir Ken Robinson, cool guy. Check him out, and I hope to see you on the next summary. <laughs>